This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, this is a big deal for someone to like sing your song. I mean, you know, I wrote that for Rihanna and then she wanted it and then she didn't want it. And then she went back to it again and then didn't want it again. And then it went to read aura. You know how many songs that they can choose from? Like they, anybody, you know, so it's a big honor. I'm Justin Jay. As a photographer, I've gotten to shoot rock stars, hip-hop moguls, world-class athletes, and some other truly extraordinary subjects. I'm fascinated by the backstories and life experiences that help shape these compelling people. The right photograph can reveal quite a lot about someone, but some stories can't be told with just a picture. Sometimes you need to sit down, listen, and dig a little deeper. This is The Plug. Yeah, but what I really want to do is direct. We've heard this cliche from countless actors when asked about their future creative aspirations. But the fact of the matter is, we live in a world of artistic specialization. Screenwriters, stylists, choreographers, producers, and songwriters, they each have their own individual lanes. Many talented performers are simply vessels for other people's material. Actors recite other people's words, and chances are the artist singing that infectiously catchy pop song you just heard is performing music that someone else wrote for them. But every once in a while, an artist comes along that is both a gifted performer and an accomplished songwriter. Our guest today is a singer who has over two billion streams to their name. But in addition to writing and performing her own material, 
She's also written a string of hit songs for some of the biggest artists on the planet, including Rihanna, Celine Dion, Rita Ora, and Cher. So how do you decide which material to keep for yourself and which songs to offer to another artist? And how does it feel when words that you scribbled on a notebook in your room become an international hit song performed by someone else? We'll find out as we sit down for a conversation with this multi-talented songwriter and artist. Today, singer, songwriter, and the voice that Spin Magazine described as a glorious warble that spans five octaves, LP. LP, thank you for joining us. I'm glad we can make this happen. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Wow. First off, congrats on the release of Churches. That must be really oh, exciting. You. It is. It is very, I mean, you know, it's like uh, any, any any record, any day above ground is great and any record release is uh, even greater. I mean, it's just so, so nice. Let's get the plug in right away, just so listeners know yeah. what we're talking about. LP, Churches, brand new album just dropped, available on all streaming platforms. Um, did you, did you release any vinyl for this album? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, you, I think you could pre-order at this point. Um, but, um, yeah, it should be, should be out any second. Hey Ruby is vinyl out December 15th, December vinyl 15th out. for the, vinyl. um, <laughs> yeah. well, the reason I ask is just, I'm curious how, how important it is for you to have the album experience in its entirety. I know different artists have different, different views on that. I dig it. I mean, I just, you know, I, in between interviews today, I ran down to uh, my, my local spot, Cosmic Vinyl, and just bought like, you know, 300 bucks worth of vinyl just now. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I'm late to the game with vinyl. I, you know, I just like, uh, I, you know, now it's just like, I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy the ceremony of it. I enjoy the, yeah. uh, the you physicality know, just, um, of it. Yeah. It's like, um, there's something cool about it, you know, um, and it just, it, it it's, it's so nice to hold and to, uh, and to like, it's art, man, you know, it's art. It, it's true. And even from, you know, from a, a photographer's perspective, you have a square foot of artwork, you know, and albums yeah. used to be schedules used to get pushed back because of getting the artwork just yeah. right. And now it's yeah. almost just like a kind of a footnote or a thumbnail, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think that people, you know, I think a lot of people, and, and that's, that's just so cool. I mean, I don't know when it started again, but that whole like uh, people enjoying like uh, buying a record at a show, like you know, like that's like the that's the cool thing. Like if if you really dig uh, a band or a singer or like a songwriter or whatever, when you go to their show, grabbing an album is like um, just something you want to do. Like you, you know, you want to you want to put that person's album on your in your shit, like on your in your house. Like it's just it's just artwork and it's it's dope. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, I think I got, I would, and you can speak to this better, but it, it also probably has the unintended consequence of, from a fan's perspective, you have this amazing physical item that you can yeah. cherish and, 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 and experience, but yeah. you know, economically it, it's probably much more valuable to have a fan buy your vinyl at a show than to, you know, stream yeah. it perpetually on, on, on Spotify, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. So it's good for both of you guys. You know, and that's why it's good to like, you know, it's good to have a strike to strike a pose on that cover, you yeah. know? So it's like something that someone wants to like hang up or whatever. It's also cool too, because, you know, a lot of artists, they put a lot of effort into the sequencing and they're very precious about how people experience that. And, you know, yeah. I'm curious and the album is great for that. Cause you can't really, there's no cheat code, you know, yeah. like you can't mess it. You can forget to put on the second side, which, you know, is like, or the, I think I have like, I think it's like 
I think I got two discs on this one. Yeah, I think it has to be just because I, mean, I think it's only 52 minutes of music. Or maybe it's two sides. I don't, I don't freaking know. I have no idea. Don't ask me. I have no idea. And, you know, that's that's really important to some artists, the the, the sequence yeah. and the way that, that artists yeah. experience their music. Well, know. you know, uh, Adele, she disabled the shuffle button. And, uh, that's just what I was getting to. And uh, and I would I would say that's severe, but not for Adele, because, you know, you figure she's got like, what, like 65 million, you know, monthly listeners. I bet um, of those, probably half are like, like would have never hit shuffle anyway. It would have never skipped a, a second, but maybe the other half might be the, you know, and so, you know, I mean, I, I encourage everybody to listen to my record once through, you know, like just give it a shot, yeah. you know, uh, one, once through, because I feel like, um, we did go through some effort with the order and, you know, there's the first, um, album I ever bookended an intro outro kind of thing. So I want them to experience that. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, those little creative decisions are what make, what make it unique. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, with that in mind, I'm curious, you know, if you were to take a spectrum of, let's say you have a hip hop album that has 25 different producers on it. And it really ultimately just more feels like a collection of potential hit individual tracks. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have, let's say uh, a Radiohead LP, which some people might say is a a, a concept album. Where do you see churches on that spectrum? Oh God. Uh, Well... I would say, yeah, I would say dead in the middle, man, on uh, the top, top of that uh, bell curve, you know, yeah. just because I feel like it's, um, you know, it's definitely, um, I feel like, I feel like almost I'm like wrapped in my own world. So I'm not, you know, but I do think I, I try to write every song as if it's a single. I feel like this record is not like, it's not like a couple of singles and a, and a bunch of album tracks, but it feels each song feels like it could be a single if it wanted to, you know, I feel like they are standalone, which is fine, but it, it still has a flow to it from start to finish. Yeah. Yes. But having said that, even like, I don't even know, you know, I, I let other people handle that whole singles thing, you know? Cause like, I mean, I don't know. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, I, I just don't know what a single is, you know, I, I really, I mean, I do and I don't, but I, I let, the uh territories that like you know we have like we have um i'm on my label that's like run by my managers actually their new label for uh their management company and now it's a it's a its own label so for this record i've signed to them um because to be honest with you they've been like running the show anyway but since lost on you like with like really all the partners and everything so so now we uh license to all the partners um, from our own this label, you know, and I trust them implicitly. I've been with my managers for like 10, 11 years. And, and so, you know, I just got to go with those partners and what they think is a signal, what they think works in their country. And, you know, and sometimes I'm like, you were wrong. Nice going, you know, way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I just try to write every song so that it, it like, it stands alone. But I also think that, you know, you know, Mike Del Rio, my producer, um, um, and even executive producer in a way, you know, um, and the, executive executive producer but um but um but yeah we um i think mike expanded his sonic palette on this record you know um we really kind of didn't like adhere to any uh, we never do adhere to any genre but particularly kind of on this record i don't know i just i wrote this song this record as a songwriter you know it's like you know we all like all the people I collaborate with, including myself, we all write for other people too. So I was just looking for songs, but I mean, you know, they're my concepts and my lyrics and my, you know, melodies, like, you know, like more on the whole than I do with for when I'm writing for others. Yeah. I have a question about that. You know, so you've written for so many amazing other artists as well. 
And I'm curious, do you have, what's your process for that? Do you have a pool of material that at some point you decide where that's going to end up, whether it's for yourself or for another artist, or, you know, if you're writing a song for whether it's Rita Ora or, or, or Cher or whoever, were those songs written from scratch for them? Uh, sometimes not always, you know, I mean, I wrote like the, the song that I had with, um, with Rita Ora, which I cannot not even remember the name of it. Um, that was actually, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, so many yeah. hits, you just can't even, yeah. <laughs> you know, but Rihanna was actually like, I wrote that for Rihanna and then she, she, she wanted it and then she didn't want it. And then she went back to it again and then didn't want it again. And then I went to Rita Ora. So, um, and yeah, I was writing that, uh, for her, you know, and then like the song that, uh, Celine Dion just put on her most recent album, Courage, uh, it's called, uh, uh change my mind. Um, that was like a song that was like, um, intended for me, you know, that was in like on a, on hold for me. Um, I kind of, uh, I, I, I wasn't going to use it at this for this record anyway, but yeah. So. I mean, how do you do so? How do you decide something like that? I mean, you obviously put passion. I didn't decide. My fucking publisher just sent it to her. Like, here you go. <laughs> okay. It's like you get, you, you're not going to ask me about. You know, I didn't want it anyway. It's cool. <laughs> That's funny. And then, so I'm curious, what what part of being a recording artist do you do you enjoy the most? Do you really do you enjoy the experience of of being in the studio and creating and that whole process, or do you really relish in getting to be in front of people and, and play and, and have people experience your work. I love both. Like if I didn't, yeah, if I didn't have both, I'd be like, I'd be lost. You know what I mean? Cause I like after a while you don't even, you, I need a break from touring sometimes just like to like, kind of go like, who am I? You know what I mean? Especially like as things have gotten bigger, like sometimes, you know, I get a little bit like after like the, you know, 5,000 people, I don't even, I can't even comprehend any more than that, you know, but, um, but even, you know, even lesser than that, I'm still like kind of, it just gets, it would get rote yeah. is what I'm saying, you know? And, um, and also, you know, I wouldn't have anything to sing if I didn't go in the studio and that's not only why I do it. I mean, I love creating, I love like, you know, every time I, like right now, I mean, I'm already onto the next record, you know, and thinking about what a uh, deluxe record would be. And, you know, I have so many songs and, you know, and I'm like wanting, wanting to get back in the studio and things. I mean, cause it seems like there was a time when, when artists, if they really wanted to, they could almost choose to withdraw from the public's eye and just become like a studio, mm. a studio artist, you know, whether yeah. it's the, I mean, Beatles the Beatles or Steely that. Dan or, you know, <laughs> yeah. countless artists. Yeah. It seems like because of the economics of the music industry now, I mean, I guess you have licensing and you have merch and you write for other people, but for the majority of artists, like, it seems like that's not really an option. Yeah. Like touring is really the only way to be like a surviving, yeah. surviving artist. Oh my God. Yeah. No matter what it is, you know, and that's why when we didn't have it, it was just like, and, and when nobody had it, like, you know, like that was the weirdest, that was the weirdest thing for me. Cause I always felt like, you know, like, um, you know, I, I'm no, um, stranger to waiting. Trust me. That's the other, that's the second best thing I'm good at. or well, third best, you know, I was like singing, songwriting and, and waiting. <laughs> it's like been a lot of, um, a lot of that in my career, you know? So this time it was only different because normally when I'm waiting, I feel like everyone's like, you know, running ahead of me, you know? And I'm like, I like, I like, I'm like just sitting there waiting to like, let, you know, be let out of the gate. Yeah. But, uh, but this was like, you know, we were all just sitting there like basically aghast at the situation. I think, you know, it was like, yeah, what, you know? So it, it is definitely, um, both of those things. Like I love, you know, I love when I'm, uh, kind of getting ready to like build the next chapter. It's cool. I mean, it seems like, you know, COVID and the, the shutdown was just so devastating to so many people for so many reasons, but it seemed like it, it must have hit particularly hard for people who make a living or whose passion is is performing. I mean, you know, you need yeah. an audience in order for that to happen. You're 
fortunate because you're also a gifted writer as well. Did that give you a little insulation from, you know, depression or were you, yeah. were you really prolific during sure. 2020 or was it just kind of debilitating? Uh, yeah, I did a lot of stuff during 2020. You know, I mean, I, that was a cool thing. I had this record to work on. That was dope. And, you know, if I, if I had just put out a record, then I would have put out another one. I'm glad that I didn't. Um, I feel bad for the people that put out a record like right before this happened, yeah. you know, and it, cause that seems really on hold because I'm sure they were like, well, I have to write another record. It's not like I can't not write another. I gotta, you know. But I didn't. I never got to like performance blue balls or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry to be so crass, but hey, this is a podcast. Like. You could you could say whatever you want. It's a fucking podcast. Say what yeah. you want. Uh, but yeah, I um, I I think that 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 must suck, you know. So I I felt like I at least um had you know this thing partly in the can, and then I was able to like work on it and and uh, refine and and also just you know put this obviously epic time period in there too. It just, it must be such a strange experience for a band. Like you talked about, like I know the strokes dropped their album just a a few weeks before the shutdown and uh, you know, just touring an album that's like almost two years old. Yeah. I remember like hitting like Julian, Julian Casablanca is like, texting him like we, we just started like you know talking and he i opened up for him at um this festival and we were talking about like doing something together at some point um, but i remember like texting him doing a puzzle to his record <laughs> like, <laughs> what am i doing like, and i was just like love your new record man <laughs> what a cinderella story that is i mean you know yeah. two years later getting you know album of the year is just yeah. fantastic you know yeah because uh, that record is so fucking dope it's, it's amazing. I, I'm such a fan. I've got to work with those guys a lot. And I'm just first yeah. and foremost, just a fan, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're just like, and I love that. Like, it seemed like it was going to go by the wayside or something like that for a second, you know, like they maybe cause you know, Julian's at the boys and, uh, you know, um, guitar player has his own band and, Albert, um, yeah. just Albert. Yeah. So it's just like, I was like, like any fan, I was just like, I wonder what's going to happen, man. You know? And then, I, then I'm, I'm so glad. Cause I, you know, I just think that that band is one of my favorite bands of all time. It's also, it's just, it's hard to keep the momentum going, yeah. not even from, from the public's point of view, but from yeah. the artist's point of view. You know, I, I put out a photography book, uh, Christmas before, oh, wow. before COVID. And it's just like, we didn't really get, we had a few, a few book yeah. parties here and there, but you know, we didn't really get a chance to do a lot of stuff. And I was like, by the time we were able to have public events, like I was tired of yeah. it, you know, like I wasn't like excited anymore. I was uh, two years old, you know? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, that's the thing that's cool is like, so I had this record and like, now I, I feel like I'm so fucking pumped to like play this record next year. Like I'm so ready, you know, and like, and the new songs feel so good, but I haven't played them all yet. I played like, played the ones that have been out. So like, you know, it's been like four to six songs and then, uh, and now I'm going to play the whole record, which will be super fun. Ah, that must be so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. So we had, we had Wyatt Sinek on the, on the podcast not too long ago. And he's a, he's a really talented comedian, but he's also a comedy writer. Yeah. And we talked about the different experiences of, of writing a joke for somebody else that gets a big laugh <laughs> yeah. as opposed to getting to be the one actually on stage saying the yeah. joke, you know, when it lands <laughs> and when it kills. Are, are there any parallels with your process? I mean, what, what's the biggest joy for you? I mean, is there a difference between writing a song that becomes a big hit that someone else performs or is the ultimate goal really to be basically right where you are right now with an album that you get to play yourself? I mean, both is amazing. Like if I, if I could choose and have both, which I do, I would choose that just cause it's like, what a thrill. I mean, you know, this, that's a big deal for someone to like sing your song. I mean, you know, especially like a big freaking artist, you know, like just like, you know how many songs that they can choose from? Like they, anybody, yeah. you know? So 
it's a big honor. So I love that part of it. And, uh, you know, so I, I love them both, but, um, you know, as a singer, I feel like also from like some of my songs, I mean, and I don't mean this like in level of difficulty, but maybe a little bit of that sometimes, but it's like, I feel like not a lot of people can sing my songs, you know, and, um, and bring them uh, home because like, it's like, first of all, they're so mean. They're so my, uh, vibe, you know, that I just like kind of know, you know, when I, when I'm, when it's really me, like, you know, like I, I can't picture anybody singing like Tokyo sunrise or, you know, it's like yeah. something like, or, or I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, I can't think of one from this record, but yeah, I just feel like they're just, they're very me, you know, like I know when, like in their essence. And I don't mean that other people would see that, you know, but I feel like they are when I, when it, it's written in your voice. Yeah. When it resonates um, with me that hard, I can't see anybody else singing it. So I'm like, all right, I'll have to do it myself. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's wholly gratifying even to have someone else have a hit song that you wrote. There isn't, totally. there's not just a, a, a tang of like, oh man, I wish that was me on stage. I wish that was my hit song. Mm, no, no, never. In fact, I only have one that's the reverse. I wish I didn't do this one song because I gave it to Shakira and, um, and then my label made me keep it and sing it myself. I think in my hands, it was like, a, like kind of sweet and cute, but I think in Shakira's hands, like basically anything like she could have like you know, a rolled up newspaper in the hands and it would be yeah. sexy. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it'd be an, an anthem. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, so I just like, was very like, I, I, I didn't want that song back. <laughs> so it's the reverse. Yeah. I was like, I wish someone else had sung that damn song. I mean, you've gotten to, you've gotten to write and work with so many like fantastic artists and, you know, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to name names, but I would suspect there's some rather outsized egos that go along with those collaborations as well do, do you have any great stories of people that were like particularly difficult or, or a situation you had to really navigate like during the recording uh, process no 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 and most of most you know to be honest with like most of the time it's like it's written and then they they, they get it like it's like i write it with like you know they're not in the room 95 percent yeah. but um but you know like i once had like it this is not being difficult at all but like my a song i wrote uh for share like I guess she sent an email that like they forwarded to me that like, could I, could I rewrite the second verse to, uh, for something, for some reason she didn't like something in the second verse. Um, I was like, sure, of course, share. No problem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but then, um, but then when I heard, when I heard her, like, you know, when it came out, she had used the original second verse and I was like, cool. I'll never get that. Those five minutes back that I spent writing that second verse again. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't have any. Would it, would it have been a different response potentially with, with a different artist? Does she, does she? No, uh, I would always, no, I would, no, no, I would always, uh, you know, rewrite anything for anybody. Cause you know, so such personal shit, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I want to switch gears for a second. Have you had a chance to watch, uh, Peter Jackson's get back the Beatles documentary? No, not yet, man. I'm just like, uh, my, yeah, I heard so many great, great things. what do you think? It's, I have to say, I, I guess, I guess my response would be to people who haven't seen it yet. Anything that you've heard, either good or bad, is probably true, depending on your perspective. You know, like any sort of criticism yeah. of it, it being, you know, if, if you're not a Beatles fan, the, the, the criticism of it being too long or bloated or slow is probably valid. I mean, listen, if you're not a Beatles fan, don't fucking watch it, man. I don't want to hear, I like, like, what are you doing? It's like. Wow, it smells terrible in here. Then get the fuck out. I mean, wait, wait. It's like, ew, this milk is terrible. Let's try this. Like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, for somebody like me, the Beatles means so much. It it is nothing short of a magical experience getting to to watch that creative process. Yeah, 
yeah, Mike, Mike Del Rio, my producer and, uh, you know, my, my boy, um, he, he's watched it twice already. It's like 16 wow. hours. Yeah. I was like, well, but you know, it's like, that's like, um, you know, it's interesting. I think like the, a lot of people, uh, it was kind of like, they would go like their opinion of real Yoko Ono after watching it. That, that was like, like three different people. Like I liked her after watching that. And some people like, ah, oh, I hated her after watching that, you know, like, and uh, I mean, she's such a, um, interesting polarizing figure always. I just, yeah. I just never, you know, I'm always, always like kind of just absolutely like amazed at like how much, um, you know, there is to say about Yoko Ono for people like that. And, you know, I mean, when you, when you, when I saw, watched the, uh, the John Lennon documentary, I guess, imagine whatever the ire that she raised in people like back in the day, you know, and just like, I was like, wow. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. Like the couple of people that, um, you know, that I talked to about it, they had that to say. Yeah, it's, I feel it's, it's, I mean, I'm never, I wasn't a huge fan of hers, but I also didn't, I was just kind of ambivalent, um, didn't necessarily yeah. have an opinion. I didn't think she solely broke up the Beatles, but yeah. it's, I think it's kind of vindicating for her, if anything, like it's, yeah, that's cool. um, it's pretty interesting, but I, I you know, like you, you brought up Albert from the Strokes and, you know, I've worked with those guys a lot and we had Albert on the show last season. And after watching just the first episode of that movie, I couldn't help but thinking of those guys, you know, and then oh, really? actually... It's just, you know, for anybody who's ever been involved in a, a group creative process, especially for musicians, I think yeah. it's just like it, it, it resonates and has such insight into band dynamics and what it what it means to have a group creative process. And it's really, really interesting. It's funny because I'm a collaborator, but um, as a solo artist and it's much different, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I, I make the ultimate cut or like, yeah, I'm not going to do this, you know? And even like, you know, I've gone places like with songs where I've been like, Hey, listen, on that last record, you made me change this chord or something for a song that like existed previously. You made me change this chord on that to like a minor instead of a major. I'm never doing that again, <laughs> unless I totally agree with it, you know, because I feel like even though that song still did well, I think it, as it was, was what drove me to put it on this record. And now, you know, but like shit like that, I don't have to you know, I don't really have to argue about that. I'm just like, it's my way, you know, like ultimately, um, even though I love, uh, I love the collaboration process and I'm very open, you know, and I don't micromanage. I try to like, you know, let everybody flow. Yeah. I mean, it's a really fascinating document of people having to work together. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, and I asked, I asked, I reached out to Albert. I was like, you know, did this kind of resonate or, and he's like, you have no idea how close to home some of these scenes felt, you know, like it really, I think anybody, yeah. in, anybody in a band can really appreciate it just on that level. If not for the music, you know, I mean, you know, did you ever watch that Eagles documentary? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like remember that guy that got kind of like kicked out of the band who was like, like big, tough guy. He was one of the guitar players. Yeah. I think, I don't know his name, you know, when he was like, yeah, when he was like crying and stuff like that. I just think about like bands, you know, like you got these like titans of music that are like the kings of like everything, you know what I mean? And like, you know, multiple wives, like, you know, like lady killing for years, you know, like, and just like master of the universe. And then they're in a band and they're like, like, I feel like they're almost like crying and more fragile about their, their bandmates than like if their wife left them. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. like, like these, like they, like these grown men crumble, like because of th these relationships and bands, you know, and you know, with, with jealousy and rage and like, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost like you're like, wow, didn't you guys date during that whole period? <laughs> you know, cause you can't believe how, how, um, you know, the emotion that it brings up. It must be like an incredibly intimate experience in it some is. ways, more so than being married. You're married to four other people. Oh my know? God. Uh, my first, like my first, um, you know, uh, songwriting partner who was like my first band, 
I never want to, I don't want ever want to like see them again. <laughs> like, I don't, like, you know, we went through everything. We did you all, we did everything yeah. you could do. Yeah. We were like, you know, romantically involved, every, every single fucking thing. And you know, if I never see them again, it would be too soon. <laughs> so, I mean, getting, you know, back to, to get back for one moment, because I can talk about that movie for hours because it just, it was, I was so mm. floored by it. But my, my true love and my passion with respect to photos has always been taking documentary and reportage photos. And okay. I've been so fortunate to get to travel with, I went on tour with The Strokes and with Outcasts, And yeah. I uh, was personal photographer to Sean Combs for many years. And then last year I put out a, a photography book documenting 10 years of surf culture on the North shore of Hawaii. Oh, wow. And, and the point is there's a through line with all those subjects. And that is, they're really compelling, interesting people that inspire me. Yeah. And you know, my, my mission statement has always been, Hey, I know it might be difficult or even obtrusive to have someone documenting you all the time. But if a photographer, me or anyone else puts in the passion and the vision and the care that it deserves, yeah. that archive someday is going to be precious and feel like, a gift, you know, and then I feel like get back really proves the power and the importance of, of documenting creative people in, mm. in that process. And I guess that leads me to the question, like how, how well have you documented your process over the years? Do you have an archive? Um, you know, uh, that's a good question because like, I mean, I do in some, in some regard, yeah, we've like, you know, but not, not like that, you know, I mean, I, and you know, I mean, I, um, you know, Mike is like, kind of talk to me about that. We've talked about it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's another whole, another whole conversation, but, um, I should look into that more, (laughs) you know, with the passage of time, that material just becomes so much more important. Yeah. Like I bet like, like it's unbelievable that they have that, you know, I heard again, I have to see it, but like, I heard there's like a, did, did Paul and John, like they didn't, they were having a conversation and, and they didn't know that they were being recorded or something during it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they actually left to have a really kind of intense, discreet conversation. And the director had somehow planted a microphone in a flower pot. So they recorded <laughs> the whole thing. And it was just fascinating to see the wow. dynamic between these two people and, and how they argued and, and how they viewed each other and how they viewed George. Oof. It was really yeah. incredible. Like, yeah, that must have been insane. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have to say, in, in full disclosure, to be totally honest, um, I wasn't that familiar with a ton of your work until relatively recently. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been doing my research and I did a deep dive and I listened to a lot of your work and, yeah. uh, you know, I was floored, you know, not just at, at your talent and the, and, the, and the scope of what you've been able to accomplish, but I was also really surprised at, at, the size of your social media following. And you know, that the, these days that's, <laughs> that's, that's a thing, you know, that's, that's a commodity. And yeah. it, it just, it made me think yeah. that, you know, with such a strange era that we're living in, there was a time not that long ago that if, you know, 1.2 or 1.5 million people were fans of something and, and they knew about something like I would basically know about it too, you know, not necessarily because my, yeah. I had my ear to the street that much more, but there was just, there wasn't as many avenues for people to find out about things. You know, the point is, is that, you know, because of social media, you have people that are now able to find each other and to form communities and, you know, like-minded people. I mean, it's kind of super fun for someone to come along of it, like, like you though. It's fun to like have that, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I have so many fan clubs. I can't believe it. Like, I, I, I don't even know how many there's so like, it's, 
it blows my freaking mind, you know, and I try to follow them. I'm like that, you know, I'm just like kind of, it's a little weird. Cause then I go on Instagram and it's just like my world all the time, but I don't know. I feel like it's a, you know, it's something I like to do for people, but I, I love people coming on into the, it, it, you know, in, and discovering me and going yeah. like, wait, what? Like, even like, you know, barring the social media part, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, I have a lot of material, you know, it's like, there's like a lot of shit to like, um, you know, if, if you're, um, just running into me now and like discovering me, like, I mean, I think it's, and if you're, if you like it, there's going to be a lot of shit to, to like unpack. But I mean, it, it must be fascinating as an artist because I mean, you already had a career up and running when social media was really first starting to take off, but it, it, it provides a platform for a lot of creative people who otherwise might have fallen through the cracks yeah. of like traditional gatekeepers, oh, you God, know? Yeah. but at the yeah. same time, it also gives voice to a dark side because of that same power you have, you know, whether it's QAnon or flat earthers or like anti-vax and conspiracy theories, you know, there's a dark side too. So, I mean, I guess my, my, my question in all this is what, what's your connection with social media? What's your relationship? I mean, have you ever had any missteps or unintended consequences because of your ability to speak to so many people instantly? Um, I try, you know, to keep it light, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, the, one of the biggest things I got, you know, I had a, I had a breakup and, um, you know, it was a very public relationship. It was actually my first real public relationship. And, and, you know, a year after we were together, um, my shit blew up, you know? And so we became known, you know, as a couple and, uh, you know, I didn't make an announcement about it like that we broke up and, you know, it was like a, a year ago, actually yesterday. And it's like, I didn't, because it just like, to me, it's like, it's, that's my business. You know what I mean? And like the fact that like, like when I saw people take sides, you know, on social media, I was just like, oh, wow, I mean, and then like intend for that to have, you know, it's like, I, I would never dream of like intruding on someone's that I was a fan of their relationship, yeah. you know what I mean? And judging and being like, how you did, I mean, you know, and first of all, you know, like all kinds of things, you get this thing in, in you where you're like, you know, because I think my career, like I, you know, a lot of people came upon me and I had a song about like someone breaking up with me. So it's like, you know, and I, I've never felt like a victim in my life. I don't have a victim mentality. You know, even like my ex will think like, <laughs> will even say that. I'm like, no, it's like whatever, you know? Um, but I think that it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm also not running for a person of the year. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You know, I have my own opinions and things, you know, and barring outside being, you know, hurting a group of people, you know, or like, um, you know, being judgmental or being, you know, uh, prejudiced in some way towards someone like, you know, I, um, that's, I awful and unforgivable, you know, but it's like, um, but you know, just to be my own person, have my own life, my own private life. It's like, um, it's interesting, you know, it's like, I was like, I was like kind of floored by all that. And, you know, and that's on, like, that's the very little bit of negative I've like experienced, but on the other side, like you were saying, I've had, I've got all these people that, um, have become friends through my, through being a fan of mine. And like, I've like, you know, discovered all kinds of things and like, and because the visual representation is there, you know, like, you know, I have a lot of personality. So, um, you know, so it, it, it goes another thing too. And I'm pretty open about it. Like, you know, I, I let like, you know, I think my, my fans, if they care, they can find out who I am as a person. I like that about social media, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I hope I haven't had a, a misstep, uh, uh, you know, I like, cause I, I also care. I'm trying not to, I don't, you know, I'm like not trying to, uh, hurt anybody, you know, ever, you know, and, uh, I know, I know people who have, you know, canceled themselves 
think that yeah. way too, you know, but, um, but, but truly, I mean, I try to keep it like more about, you know, the music and about the the love of the fans and not be like kind of use it as a platform to uh, tell people that I think the earth is flat. Yeah. I do. It is. <laughs> but I mean, it, it must be, it must be such a, a fine line to have to walk when you want to have your personal privacy for at least a, a portion of your, yeah. of your public life. And your, I mean, your personal life with your relationships, yeah. but you're also, you're incredibly out there and there's a million and a half yeah. people that are kind of feeling like they know you intimately because of what you put online. Yeah. And they think that they know what happened in your relationship. It's hysterically funny. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, you know, <laughs> where, where were you when this was happening? Oh, you, oh, you lived here with us. Yeah. Yes. You know what happened. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Well, we always like to ask our guests um, at the end of the show to, to plug a project that they're not involved with, that they feel hasn't been getting enough attention lately, whether it's like a book or a movie or another artist. Do you, do you have any artists that you're working with that you want to shout out that, um, that maybe not aren't getting enough attention? You know, I mean, um, I, uh, not, not that don't have their own thing, you know, um, you know, I'm working with my friend Barnes Courtney. He's got his own record already out. My friends, uh, Palais Royale, you know, uh, that uh, we've been hanging out a lot, but, um, what else we got? Um, my friends have this, uh, one of the guys I wrote one of my songs with other people, um, this guy, Ben Romans and uh, CJ Barron, they have this amazing show called Cages, which is their their group is called Wolf and Wonder Show. And they have this show called Cages, which is playing um, downtown L.A. It's every Friday and Saturday night. And um, it's like a, a state of the art, like kind of new 3D theater experience where they play the, um, wow. this whole body of work that they have. And there's live actors and uh, all this like stuff going on, like three on 3D screens. And it's really, really fun and cool. And, um, you know, then that's, uh, you know, that's just under the umbrella of, uh, of what, um, the people I work with. Amazing. All right. Well, check out, check out churches first and foremost and cages Friday and Saturday nights. And uh, LP, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Um, I know you had a long day, but I, I super appreciate it. I, I hope we got to some interesting topics. Thank you, man. I really had a good time. I wasn't probably at my most interesting because I'm like, my brain is just like <clears throat> gone. <laughs> I think we, we got into good. it. We got into cool, it. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. What's the name of your book? I, can I get one of your books? Uh, it's called HI1K, 10 Years, 1,000 Moments on the North Shore. Um, I'll, I'll get you a copy. I'd love oh, for you to check it out. I love yeah. that, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. All right, don't. All right, take All care. Right, Enjoy you. the rest of your take day. Care. Thank you so Cheers. much. Thanks for listening, and a huge thanks to today's guest for dropping in. If you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and take a minute to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. This episode of The Plug was executive produced by Ryan Bucci and Peter Buckingham. Theme music by Andrew Van Weingarten and Dan Drohan, with sound design by Brad Worrell at Soundwag. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in for future conversations.